It's time. Time for what, you might ask? It's time to optimize your health and upgrade your life. Cutting-edge research, biohacks, ancestral wisdom, wellness, intuition, and more. This is The Synthesis of Wellness. Your host and biohacker Chloe Porter has a background in engineering, innovation, and research. Her analytical background coupled with her journey in overcoming a brain tumor and defeating several chronic illnesses enables her to approach health and wellness in an innovative way. And now more than ever, she is ready to share her biohacking secrets and expose cutting edge research. We are so glad you're here. Welcome to the Synthesis of Wellness podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Synthesis of Wellness podcast. Today, we're joined by a doctor of psychology, and she's going to help facilitate a conversation where we discuss the seven types of rest. This is not an original concept of either hers or mine, but we, we do like the concept and we would like to bring it to the forefront for all of you guys and just share maybe our biohacker approach to the seven types of rest and why it's important to incorporate all these types of rest into your daily routines, maybe weekly routines, you know, whatever works best for your lifestyle because that is how you are going to recharge and that is how you are going to get the most out of your life and your abilities right now. So without further ado, I'll go ahead and introduce the doctor of psychology. Say hello. Hello. We're so glad to have you on today. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, of course. So are you pretty familiar with the seven types of rest being in the field of psychology? Yes. Great. So do you incorporate those kind of into your daily routine or what does that look like for you? It just depends on where, what I am feeling that I need that particular day. Sometimes I may need more time away or quiet time or just depends on what's going on in my life at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess I, it's kind of hard to answer that question without having a gone through the seven types of rest already because we have to be pretty vague right now um, for the listeners so we don't spoil all of it um, because that's what we're going to talk about in today's episode but yeah no I totally agree it it's a day-by-day thing and I mean that's what we we prioritize as biohackers is using your intuition to guide your day so if your intuition is telling you you need this tap into it. You know, if your intuition is saying, no, I'm ready to go. Okay. Maybe you are. 
And maybe you're just unsure. So that could be a conversation for a later day in which we talk about like um, using data or devices, wearables like HRV to track, you know, am I physically rested up or things like that. So we're kind of hinting and, and skirting around these types of rest already. So let's go ahead and just dive right in. So the first type of rest I want to get into is, of course, the easiest one. That's physical rest. So I know both um, both you and I exercise and um, we both really enjoy movement. But yeah. I think if if I'm not putting words in your mouth and I'm not mistaken, we both also prioritize rest and recovery physically just as much as working out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So what does that look like for you? And then I'll share some of my uh, favorite physical rest activities. Sometimes that looks like just a complete day off with no exercise whatsoever. Maybe just some light stretching to if, especially if there's soreness and other times it may be trying to find and searching out a yoga, uh, a restorative yoga class where it's a little bit more guided to, to restore your body using blankets and blocks and different things to put your body in certain positions to keep, um, and you know, that allow it to rest more fully. Yeah. I love that you brought up yoga because that's an active form of physical rest that, you know, maybe everybody immediately jumps to the day off type thing or pure, uh, recovery modes like foam rolling and, and just stretching, but you almost stepped it up a notch with, you can go ahead and get some movement in, some active rest in. And as long as you know, you're not pushing your boundaries and your, your data still good, you're feeling good, you're feeling up to it. So maybe there's a level of, of physical rest there. So like, you're not feeling well. Okay. Take the day off completely you're feeling okay. Okay. Well, maybe some stretching, foam rolling, um, maybe compression therapy, get some red light therapy, um, even cryo that can help to reduce inflammation. Um, but then maybe it's like, okay, I'm, I'm actually feeling pretty good, but I know I do need to take a rest day today because you know, you got to give your muscles a break. Then it's like, okay, maybe I'll go ahead and, and do that light yoga class or do this, um, you know, walk on the treadmill for however many minutes, walk your dog, just do something active, but nothing, um, super intense at all. You know, just, just be active, I think is, is the main focus of that level of physical rest. So I mentioned some of my favorites and I mentioned those, just a second ago when I was talking about kind of that medium level of physical rest. And I said cryotherapy, red light therapy, compression therapy, all of those things, I kind of envelop into physical rest because I think that they're restoring my body physically and allowing, because the point of rest is restoration. The point of rest is to recharge. And if those things are helping that process, then I consider them part of physical rest. Would you agree? 
Yes. Um, even some, you know, there's light massage tools and things that you can use to try to help your muscles recover um, on a rest day. Yeah, for sure. Uh, massage is great. And I'm, I'm a big fan of lymphatic drainage massages. A little different. You know, it's not necessarily a sports massage, but um, even that, you know, something where you're getting hands on your body, you're moving lymph or you're moving um, muscle tissue, you're getting some manipulation, all of that is good stuff and can count as physical rest. So let's jump into the second one, which kind of the second easiest, mental rest. I think this is where you're really going to excel since um, this is kind of your specialty with uh, being a doctor of psychology. But I'll go ahead and share mine first and then let you share your second. So for me, mental rest is kind of taking a break from whatever is taxing my mind at that moment. And the reason I word it that way is because there are times when what seems like mental rest to one person is not mental rest to me. Or there are times when the reverse is true. What might seem like mental rest to me is not to someone else. It kind of just depends on what is taxing my mind. Is it work? It used to be a lot of schoolwork. Um, I'm obviously uh, well past that, past the, those graduation years which is good, but so, so in that instance, that would have been taking a break from schoolwork. Now, very different, of course, but the same kind of concept where I'm taking a break from what is taxing me. If it's a particular task that I've been doing that I'm just getting flustered with, that's taxing me. And even shifting the task at hand to one that's maybe less flustering or that I deem is a little bit kind of neutral. It's not recharging me, but it's much less taxing and I'm just kind of going through the motions. That's a better switch. That's maybe go towards that one and you are kind of starting that journey of mental rest. Now, if you want to really dive in, it's taking a break from all of that and doing something that allows you to not only avoid those flustering situations and those taxing situations, but actually recharge. So that can look like meditation. That can look like um, going out in nature, listening to music really just tapping out for a moment. And some of these things will overlap, of course, but these are just my favorites. So I will put one last note in there for me. When it comes to meditation, I do particularly like um, binaural beats, the somodome and neurofeedback. Those are kind of my three favorite ways to meditate. And I will say the somodome Um, that's kind of more high tech, but it incorporates binaural beats. So you can easily get an app on your phone, listen to guided meditations, um, or get an app on your phone 
and listen to binaural beats for five minutes, 10 minutes, a half hour, whatever works for you. And those binaural beats are pretty cool because they play different sound frequencies that are supposed to induce different brainwave states. And some of those are more relaxing. So pretty cool stuff. I encourage you as a biohacker to look that up and and search for apps. If you find any of them, definitely um, screenshot the app, share it to your stories, tag me in it. I'd love to see it. So what about you? Do you have any to add on to that or your favorite um, ways to rejuvenate your your mental health? Yes, I like all of those um, and have used many of those from time to time, you know, taking if something's frustrating or something is, is mentally overwhelming just to get up and go for a walk or, you know, what just focus on something else, even just breathing, guided meditation. There is something known as yoga nidra, which is between the states of consciousness and sleep. It's a guided meditation for a very prolonged period of time can be 60, even 90 minutes that a lot of people find very restoring mentally. Um, There's also little activities that can be very restorative. So if, you know, sometimes playing, playing a game on your phone by yourself for five minutes can just relieve whatever you were thinking about and restore your brain back to its, its base versus being all full of cortisol and, and other neurotransmitters that are just ramping it up um, and making everything worse. Uh, so there's many different ways to do that. And there's even little short little cheats that you can do if you get, if you cannot get up and walk around and clear your head or read a book or do a, you know, do a class or do even do a meditation. You can just count work, count upwards to four, then six, then eight and backwards from eight, six, four, all the way back down to one. You start with up to four, back to one, go to six with your breathing. And you can do that in your head and nobody even has to know. And that will help restore your mental clarity back to where it needs to be. I love that. Um, That's a really great technique. I think that our audience will definitely appreciate as well. So I know we're, we're kind of taking our time on these first two, but I promise we will start uh, speeding up the pace. So the next type of rest, this one is a really cool one, sensory rest. So maybe you're like, okay, well, Chloe, I've, I've recovered from my workout. I've been trying to incorporate more meditation. I feel rested up in those two categories, but I'm just not where I need to be. And I don't know why. Honestly, I think this one sensory rest is one that gets overlooked so much. And this means for me, you know, social media, put it aside, phone, put it aside. Sometimes even for me, turn off the lights, get some sound out, like sound pollution, you know, it's everywhere. So turn the sound off, turn the TV off. Um, if there's music playing outside, you know, maybe get some earbuds or something, noise canceling headphones, something on to really just hone in on a state of kind of sensory deprivation. So you could even as a biohacker, you could take this as far as to go like a, um, sensory deprivation tank. You could do that. A lot of people make that a weekly occurrence, and um, some people even like to do it more than once a week for an hour. 
Um, and in those tanks, I've done one, um, they're typically filled with, you know, Epsom salt. So you're just floating, you feel literally weightless, um, feel like there's nothing around you. Some of them offer soundscapes. So you can listen to like, you know, rainfall or nature, which to me, I feel is okay. I don't typically get that sensory hit from nature sounds because it's nature. We're going back to our roots. But, you know, maybe for you, you need complete silence and that is okay. You can totally DIY this though. That's my point. So whether you want to get high tech, whether you don't, just focus on step one, I think. Focus on putting the screens aside, and then focus on really catering to all of your senses in particular. Sight, sound, even taste. Just give your body a little bit of rest in that regard. Do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, being mindful. Being When you're mindful in that present moment, then you only pay attention to maybe the wind or whatever the one thing is that allows you to decompress from all that other noise that's going on. Um, for instance, uh, every morning, every morning, I have my coffee in complete silence. Nobody else is awake. It, I watch the sun come up. I look out the window. I drink my coffee. And sometimes I don't even turn on the lights in the no, room that I'm that. sitting at. I'm, I have a blanket um, and I just enjoy 20 minutes before I have to start my day. That's awesome. And I think that's a really, really good thing to start incorporating into your day as a daily practice. And in particular, I love that you said, or I love that you focused on that mindfulness aspect because yeah, we might be overlapping into the mental rest, but you know, some of these do overlap. However, what I want to take from that is your idea of focusing in on something. You mentioned thinking about the wind. And I think that's great because when you're focused on that one aspect, you are drowning out all the other noise. How do so, you see the wind, hear the wind, feel the wind? You know, yeah. all, how does it hit all of your senses in that one particular moment? Yeah. But, and, and so you're focusing on that one thing. It's not like you're out at a concert and you're listening to these crazy sounds, which, you know, don't get me wrong. I love concerts, but man, it is a sensory overload. When I come home, I know I need sensory rest. So you're focused on that one aspect of nature. You're not focused on, oh my gosh, I'm cold because the temperature and here's the wind and here's the noise from the concert going on and that food I just had is starting to upset my stomach. And oh my gosh, I just got a social media notification. You're not doing all of that. And that's my point. So I, I absolutely love that you brought that up. Okay, let's move on to the next type of rest, which is also actually one of my favorites, creative rest. This is cool because this is where I feel like you can get inspired. I really want to hone in on that, that word inspiration because this is a little bit more of recharging rather than like 
pure passive rest, I guess you could call it. Um, do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Well, for the audience, what I'm trying to get across is this is about reigniting your kind of inner child, almost reigniting your sense of creativity, reigniting what inspires you. Maybe you make a vision board. Maybe you make even just a seasonal mood board, even a bucket list, because that that serves as a list of things that you either aspire or are inspired by. And you can use those things to just reinvigorate yourself, recharge. So it's a little bit of an active um, type of rest, in my opinion. What do you think? Yes, absolutely. Um, I like to do, I like to paint and I never know what it's going to turn out and it may be awful and it may be good and it may be okay and it may change from day to day, but it just gives you that time to just explore whatever. And it's not for anybody else but yourself. So you're not, you know, doing this to make anybody else happy. You're doing it to recharge your own self. Um, I like crocheting exactly. too. Crocheting helps to give me that creative boost, but it also allows my mental rest as well, kind of combining the two together into one action. Yeah, exactly. And I, I want to add one last note to that. If you feel stagnant, meaning you are rested up in all the other categories, but you seriously, you just feel stagnant in growth or self-improvement, I think this is where creative rest comes into play. So I'm not talking about, you know, if you feel rested, but but you're not feeling well, maybe tap into that sensory rest. But if you feel completely rested, but stagnant, and like you're not going forward, you're not improving, you're not, you know, you're reading self-help books, but you just, you just feel like you're waking up and doing the same thing every day. I think that's where you need to tap into creative rest, tap into what inspires you, and just take a step back to reanalyze yourself. You know, trying crocheting, if that's for you, painting, like um, she said. For me, that changes all the time. You know, I might want to try one thing one day or a different thing the next, but that's the point of it. It's literally doing what you need when you need it based on what inspires you at that moment. Do you think that conveys it pretty well? Yes, because self-care in and of itself looks very different for every person. It's not a one-size-fits-all. It's what you need at that particular time. And so maybe you need to create a vision board because you want to see what sparks um, different kinds of architecture that you like or whatever, creating you know different colors or whatever it may be that you want to find that, that new, some newness. To whatever it is you're you're doing and figuring out exactly yeah and thank you for bringing up that word new because this is this type of creative rest is almost like a rebirth it's almost like that emergence that springtime rebirth of here's me here's what i'm inspired by today and so this is how that's going to help me today 
So I love that. Okay, let's go ahead and tap in to emotional rest. This is the next one. This one is super important, and I think it's becoming more and more important as time goes on, especially with social media. And I think this especially goes hand in hand with mental rest and therefore sensory rest as well. Because let's just take social media for example. When you're scrolling, for one, you're not mentally resting. For two, you're hit by so much information and content and um, and your senses are probably overwhelmed by the time you're done scrolling. But aside from that, there's also an emotional aspect to social media. You know, the likes or your relationship might be public on social media. Maybe it's not. Maybe you're having issues that are getting broadcasted where you don't want them broadcasted. There's a lot of aspects to that. A lot of emotional issues, even even off social media. Maybe you're having some issues with a friend, a close friend for years, or maybe you're having a few issues with, you know, a coworker and it's taxing you emotionally or a family member and it's just taxing you. So what I typically do or would suggest in this situation, therapy is great. You have to find the right therapist because um, in my experience, finding the wrong therapist can sometimes add to your burden and make you feel worse off. And if that's the case, they're just not right for you. And that is okay. Stand up for yourself and be willing to search for another because you will find somebody. Now, aside from that, you can also confide in a friend, a family member. You know, of course, if you're having um, the issue with that particular friend or family member, you know, sometimes too, talking to them might help um, square out or clarify whatever issue is going on so that can be resolved. Talking through things is always a great way to um, help resolve them. However, if, if the problem doesn't resolve with, reside with them, talking to a friend or family member, confiding in them, just being your authentic self with another individual will help. You have to set aside your pride, set aside your ego, set aside the roller coaster of emotions and just be authentic to you. If that means crying, that means crying. That's an emotional release. So whatever that looks like for you, just embrace that because this is a hard one for me to give a whole lot of advice on because it's very, very personal in my opinion. What do you think? I agree. Um, And you said like with the social media, what's really difficult with that is that every time anybody gets a like on a, on a post, you get a little spike of dopamine in, in your, in your brain. And that's the feel good. It makes you feel good. So, you know, you automatically want more of them and more of them and more of them. And you're right. It's not healthy. It is not a healthy dynamic that has been put out there. Um, 
And yes, therapists have to be the right match. Otherwise, it's not going to help anybody. If you don't have a friend available at that particular time, I think journaling works really well. As long as your journal is not about berating yourself, but about accepting your flaws and your strengths and encouraging yourself like you would someone you love if they were in that situation on how to go forward with whatever it is you're struggling with. So it's almost like accepting your emotion and walking through with it rather than being like, no, I, yes. I don't have to feel that way. No, we always, we, we have to walk through the emotion because all emotions have something to teach you. Every yeah. emotion we have has something to teach you about your life, who you are, what you should and shouldn't accept from yourself and others, you know, so that all has a, a part to play. No, I agree completely. And this doesn't mean, just to clarify, this doesn't mean accepting that you have to be sad forever. No, that's, that's not what we're saying. We're just saying embrace that emotion or embrace what you're feeling so that you can move past it if it is a negative emotion. So you can move past it quicker and find ways to release that emotion because sometimes it's very difficult to have that emotional release we're talking about without accepting the emotion first. So I think that's a critical part of emotional rest, accepting it and then releasing it if it's negative. Sometimes emotional rest is just like you're saying, just journaling, just being calm because maybe you just need to just be your authentic self and that's the easiest thing you can do at that time. So I love that. I hope we gave you some tools there as well. Let's go ahead and move on to social rest. Okay, so we've definitely kind of hit on social media a lot, but we're going to hit on it one more time, um, at least. <laughs> so social rest. Let, let's go through the overarching aspect of social rest before we get into social media. So the overarching thing I want to talk about is that this means filtering through the people in your life who bring you up and who bring you down. If there's a group of individuals who are draining your energy, but you, you know you have to be around them, maybe they're just negative people, but you love them, maybe they're your family even. I'm not saying to separate from them. I'm just saying to know what is an energy giver and what is an energy taker when it comes to your social circle. And then just approaching it from a more, you know, educated, more, I don't know the right word, but you know what I'm trying to say, more educated standpoint. Yes. Where you're ready to embrace that social circle because you have boundaries set. And those boundaries are keeping some of those energy draining individuals at the appropriate arm's length. Again, this does not mean cutting off anyone who you are close to. This just means approaching the situation in a better light so that you are, are very important. Yeah, yeah. You are safeguarding your own social rest. 
So yes, you were, you were talking about boundaries, right? Yes. Boundaries are extremely important. Um, even with yourself to be able to, because busy has become some sort of goal and it's not, we need to have boundaries around our time to have all these seven kinds of rest to, and rejuvenate and to make sure that we don't beat ourselves up, quote unquote, for not getting through the to-do list or whatever it may be. We need to have boundaries with all the people in our lives as well so that we, maybe it is that we need 15 minutes completely by ourselves without other people and your partner needs to understand that. That's a boundary. Yeah, I like I like that you kind of went deeper into that because I want to mention two things there. One was the concept of boundaries, I think, like you were kind of hinting at, can be applied to almost all of our types of rest, I definitely feel like. And then the second thing was you kind of started diving into boundaries with yourself, which was interesting because you talk to yourself more than any other person every single day. So what's interesting there is that social rest might might even be, are you draining your own energy? Are you talking negatively to yourself? Because I think that can impart a social burden on you. Do you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I like that you brought that up because social rest doesn't just mean avoiding all the external energy um, drainers. It means safeguarding yourself from your own energy draining negative self-talk. So yeah, love that you brought that up. Um, let's go ahead and get into that last type of rest before wrapping up the episode. And this is spiritual rest. I think this looks different for absolutely everybody. For some people, this kind of overlapped with mental rest and maybe it means some meditation. Maybe you are silently meditating, so you're getting some sensory rest as well. Maybe you're silently meditating in a sensory deprivation tank. You know, you're a biohacker and you're trying to stack all these things. But the point here is that spiritual rest looks different for everybody. This might also mean going to church. This might also mean praying, singing some gospel music, or just taking a silent walk in nature or even praying while you're taking your silent walk in nature. I really feel like this one is probably the most individual out of all of them. So yeah, did you have anything to to add to that? It is very, very individual. And there are apps out there that can, you know, that, that help with meditation. And there are even religious apps out there that you can participate in prayer groups and, and that sort of thing, if that's what gives you your spiritual, you know, rest, um, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah, um, exactly. It's a very private and personal for most people, how they commune with, themselves, nature, higher being, whatever they, you know, whatever pathway 
they're going down. Another thing that a lot of people on the, on the spiritual path can do every morning is set an intention for themselves and for that day. To me, that's a very spiritual thing to do is to set an intention. Yeah. And that intention that can be a, a very like normal type of speech that can be anything from an affirmation to even a Bible verse. You know, you can, you can make it as spiritual as you need it to be for you. You know, for me, I have my own beliefs, but you may have something that resonates better with you and use that. Absolutely use that. So I actually really like that idea of setting an intention every morning and maybe even setting that intention, um, before you do anything else. So before you're checking your emails, before you're checking your social media, because so many people wake up, turn their phone on and look at their texts, look at their emails, look at their social media first thing when they wake up. So maybe before even doing that, be like, okay, this is my priority right when I wake up, get your mind right for you first, because you matter first. And then after you wake up and you've you've rejuvenated your mind, you've set your intention, you're ready to go, then you can tap into all those other stimulatory um, things in our life that that hit us every day. But yeah, no, I love that. So I think that's a great way to wrap up the episode, unless you had anything else to add to that. Yeah, I think that's a pretty well-rounded look at the ways to implement all the seven different ways of rest. Yeah, I totally agree. And I hope that we brought something helpful or useful um, to you guys in the audience. If anything did resonate with you, we would love it if you uh, screenshot the episode, share it to your stories over on Instagram at synthesis of wellness is my handle. So go ahead and tag me and I'll share it. I love hearing from you guys. If you have any questions or topics you'd love to be covered on the podcast, just let me know. And we would also love if you gave a rating and review to the show. So excited that you tuned in and we will see you in the next one. Thanks. The content provided by the Synthesis of Wellness LLC via its podcast and domain is for informational purposes only and should not be used as medical advice or as a replacement for medical care. The Synthesis of Wellness podcast, synthesisofwellness.com, The Synthesis of Wellness LLC, and Chloe Porter disclaim responsibility from adverse effects resulting from using the content provided. Please seek and consult a licensed physician for your health and medical needs. Furthermore, Chloe Porter and the Synthesis of Wellness podcast are not responsible for the opinions of guests featured on the podcast.